SBS, a world of difference. You're with NITV Radio, on mobile, online and on radio. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land NITV Radio broadcasts from, the Camaragal people and their elders past and present. We also acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander tribes and clans we broadcast to, from the mountains to the plains, from the desert to the sea, from fresh water to salt water. Yira Damarang, I'm your host Luana Grant and welcome to NITV Radio for this Friday the 11th of August. Coming up on the show today, a conversation with Shiloh McNamee, the artist director of the Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair, who explains how after the 2022 success of presenting the fair as a hybrid event, it has returned this year in both a digital format and as a large-scale exhibition at the Darwin Convention Centre starting today and running through to August 13. Also coming up on today's show, NITV Radio chats to hip-hop reggae band Jacka, who are nominated for New Talent of the Year at this year's National Indigenous Music Awards, taking place this weekend on Larrakia Country. We also share a story by SBS News, an anti-logging protest by traditional owners near Coffs Harbour in New South Wales is entering its second week. The First Nations people say the area being logged in the Nuri State Forest contains sacred sites. And we catch up with 2023 Telstra National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Art Award finalist Alyssa Jane McCarmichael, who discusses her piece, Shell Memories 2023. All these stories and more coming to you after the latest news. Australia Day 1972 saw the first Aboriginal embassy erected outside Parliament. The native title legislation must be amended. And they've walked this land so many times before anybody came. I am sorry. In this bulletin, the Prime Minister possibly in a fiery reception in regional Australia. The opposition seizes upon the lack of a confirmed date for the Indigenous Voice to Parliament referendum. And an anti-logging protest by traditional owners near Coffs Harbour enters its second week. The federal opposition is seizing on the lack of an official date for the Indigenous Voice to Parliament referendum as another example of what it says is the government not being straightforward with the Australian people over the matter. It is expected by many, including opposition leader Peter Dutton, that the referendum will be held on the 14th of October. But two months out from this potential date, it's not confirmed. Mr Dutton has told the Nine Network that's a manifestation of a wider problem and a reason why polling results for the proposed Indigenous Voice to Parliament are poor. It's hard to get a straight answer out of the government uh, even on what the date will be in relation to the voice. And I just think there are millions of Australians out there saying, look, we want to do the right thing by Indigenous Australians. We want better outcomes in schools and attendance rates and health outcomes and housing, uh, employment, etc. But making the biggest change to our constitution in our country's history without the detail uh, is something that causes a lot of Australians concern. 
Telstra says five of its six most used public phones in Australia are predominantly used by regional and Indigenous communities in the Northern Territory. The company made public phones free for most calls in August of 2021. It says more than two million free calls are being made from the phones each month. Telstra's chief customer advocate, Teresa Corbin, says the free calls are helping put the most vulnerable Australians in touch with vital services. In the past year, over 250,000 free calls were directed to emergency services, and we also saw a really significant spike in the calls to essential helplines, including over 12,000 calls to Lifeline, over 12,500 calls to Headspace, nearly 86,000 calls to Centrelink's reporting line, and an additional 30,000 calls to triple zero compared to the previous year. An anti-logging protest by traditional owners near Coffs Harbour in New South Wales is entering its second week. The Goombanga people say the area being logged in the Newry State Forest contains sacred sites and the forest has also been set aside as a future national park designed to protect the koalas. Uncle Miklo Jarrett says the area being logged is meant to help protect the endangered species. There was no consultation in the first place. There was no consent given in the first place. It's crazy, you know, that these people are still chopping down the trees while these koalas, who are part of our family and totems, are on the verge of being extinct. The koala project is backed by the National Parks Association with the New South Wales Environmental Protection Authority. The Forestry Corporation says around 70% of the area will not be harvested, including trees that are preferred by koalas for feed and habitat. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese is set to face a protest in regional Australia today. He'll be speaking in Tamworth in northwestern New South Wales. He'll be focusing on promoting jobs in regional Australia, as well as combating climate change, funding drought resilience and promising improved health, communications and transport infrastructure in regional Australia. However, the local federal MP, former National Party leader Barnaby Joyce, says Mr Albanese will face a noisy protest from a group opposed to solar and wind farms. Government frontbencher Jason Clare says people are entitled to protest, but they should be aware of what he claims are the opposition's own possibly unpopular plans for the area. Look, we're a democracy, uh, and as long as people protest and make their point peacefully, that's a, you know, that's a... That's a good thing to do. I just hope Barnaby's being honest with Australian farmers and tells them that it's the National Party's plan to roll out nuclear power stations right across the country. The US government says it's working as quickly as possible to evacuate tourists as well as locals in danger from bushfires in Hawaii. At least 36 people have been killed by the fire. US President Joe Biden says he's dedicating significant federal government resources to help the state. I've ordered all available federal assets on the island, including the U.S. Coast Guard, the Navy Third Fleet, and the U.S. Army, to assist local emergency response crews, along with the Hawaiian National Guard. We're working as quickly as possible to fight these fires and evacuate residents and tourists. In the meantime, our prayers with the people of Hawaii, but not just our prayers. Every asset we have will be available to them, and we've seen they've seen their homes, their business destroyed. Virgin Galactic has travelled to the edge of space with its first tourists. 80-year-old former British Olympian John Goodwin, along with a mother and her 18-year-old daughter from the Caribbean, were the first passengers on the trip and experienced a few minutes of weightlessness. 
Mr Goodman bought his ticket 18 years ago before he was diagnosed with the neurodegenerative disorder Parkinson's disease. I'm hoping that I instill in other people around the world, as well as people with Parkinson's, that it doesn't stop you doing things that are out of the normal if you've got some illness that's uh, inflicted you. The Richard Branson-founded company plans to offer monthly rides, joining Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin and Elon Musk's SpaceX in the space tourism business. And in sport, Penrith appear to have put an end to Manly's NRL finals hopes after coming out on top in a sluggish game at the Brookvale Oval. The Panthers came from behind to beat the Sea Eagles 24-12, despite missed point-scoring opportunities and absences caused by illness and injury. Panthers coach Ivan Cleary has said while his team's display was far from polished, his side has done well to beat a side desperate to win. Meanwhile, Manly coach Anthony Seabold says despite the loss, he's proud of his team. We had to think outside the box because we were missing you know, quite a few troops and we lost another two in the first four minutes of the second half. So I was proud of the guys. They, they showed a lot of courage and we had to show courage and we were hard to beat tonight. So... That's all I think this, the Manly supporters can ask. We're hard to beat. It's frustrating because we, we, we felt as though we did enough to win, but we weren't quite good enough. The Panthers are on top of the ladder, while the Sea Eagles are now in 11th place and unlikely to qualify for finals in October. And now for a look at today's weather. Perth, partly cloudy, 19. Adelaide, a possible shower, 15. Melbourne, cloudy, 16. Hobart, a possible shower, 15. Albury, Wodonga, cloudy, 15. Canberra, much the same, 15. Wollongong, sunny, 19. Sydney, sunny, 20. Newcastle, similar conditions, 21. Brisbane, sunny, 27. Townsville, partly cloudy, 26. Cairns, a shower or two, 26. Alice Springs, sunny, 28. Darwin, mostly sunny, 32. And the Torres Strait Islands, partly cloudy, 30. And that is NITV Radio News. Your community, your conversation. NITV Radio back to NITV Radio. I'm your host, Luana Grant. Still to come on the program, NITV Radio chats to hip-hop reggae band Jaka, who are nominated for New Talent of the Year at this year's National Indigenous Music Awards, taking place this weekend on Larrakia Country. And we chat to Artistic Director of Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair, Shiloh McNamee. The 17th Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair is back this year in both digital format and a large-scale exhibition at the Darwin Convention Centre, starting today and finishing up this Sunday. But first, an anti-logging protest by traditional owners near Coffs Harbour in New South Wales is entering its second week. The First Nations people say the area being logged in the Newry State Forest contains sacred sites and the forest has also been, a site, has been set aside as a future national park designed to protect the koalas. Yusuf Sadie with this report. Protesters have been trying to stop logging in the Newry State Forest near Coffs Harbour in northern New South Wales while also being met with armed police. 
And you do realise that you guys just broke human rights law? That's okay. That's okay. Uncle Bud Marshall is a Gimbangia man and senior elder, but he says he's concerned on the forest's deep cultural value. Sacred man's place, and it's right down the bottom of the mountain, Nungu Mountain. We've got to protect what's left of it, because if we don't, well, what's going to happen? You know, if it's destroyed, I don't know, it's just breaking my heart to just see everything go like this. And when when are they going to stop? You know, it's... You, you know, try to stop them, but then they come back again. Auntie Alison Buchanan is a Gimbangia elder and healer and believes the logging impacts country. When the tree exhales, that's what we need. And when we exhale, that's what the tree needs. So we're one and the same. We have the same DNA as the tree. The logging has to stop today. It just cannot go any longer. It's killing our song lines. New South Wales Forestry Corporation, which manages state forests, says it's consulted with First Nations people and field surveys have taken place to protect cultural heritage. But some traditional owners, like Gumbangia man Uncle Michelo Jarrett, disagrees. We didn't give any consent in the first place for people to come and destroy our land. There was no consultation in the first place. There was no consent given in the first place. And there's no consent and there's no understanding of Gumbangar people now. As far as I'm concerned, there's no consent. They have to leave the native forests alone. They have to leave them alone. Unless they can show me that there was consent. But it's crazy, you know, that, that these people are still chopping down the trees while these koalas, who are our part of our family and totems, are on the verge of being extinct and the greater gliders and whatever else. The area being logged has been set aside by the state government as a future part of the Great National Koala Park to help protect the endangered species. The koala project is backed by the National Parks Association of New South Wales with the state's Environmental Protection Authority. The Forestry Corporation says around 70% of the area will not be harvested, including trees that are preferred by koalas for feed and habitat. Jackie Mumford is the CEO of the New South Wales Conservation Council and warns these efforts could create further environmental risks. And a parliamentary inquiry back in 2020 found that koalas will be extinct in New South Wales by 2050 under a business as usual scenario, which basically just means if we keep doing what we're doing, koalas will go extinct. And that's exactly what's happening. We're seeing an escalation of logging in the park, which is destroying koala habitat, which is the leading uh, threat to their viability as a species. Greens MP Sue Higginson has also advocated on how the logging can be damaging to the area and spoke about it in the New South Wales Parliament earlier this month. We log these forests, we make them more susceptible to more intense and more frequent fires. By logging these precious public native forests, we are actually putting communities at higher risk of fire and the same goes for flooding. Uncle Michelo Jarrett says groups from across the region have joined the Gambangia people in the anti-logging protest. I will support all the environmental groups that are here and the people that are here fighting uh, to stop the logging until the end, until they stop logging. 
The New South Wales Police Force says it recognises and supports the rights of individuals and groups to exercise their rights of free speech and peaceful assembly. But their first priority is always the safety of the wider community. The state EPA says there are strict rules in place to protect habitats and will actively monitor logging operations and investigate any potential breaches. Yusuf Saudi, SBS News. You're with NITV Radio. Coming up next, Alyssa Jane Carmichael is a finalist in the 2023 Natsia Awards, Australia's richest art awards presented by the Museum and Art Gallery of the Northern Territory and principal partner Telstra on Larrakia Country. In a conversation with NITV Radio, Alyssa said that Shell Memories 2023 was inspired by her recollections of shells stemming from a young age as she grew up walking alongside middens created by her people's ancestors over thousands of generations. NITV Radio's Bertrand Tungandami has more. I'm joined by Elisa Jane Carmichael to talk about Shell Memories 2023, her artwork that's been shortlisted for the National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Art Awards, Natias, Australia's longest-running and most prestigious Indigenous Art Awards. Elisa, first of all, welcome to NITV Radio. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, tell us the story behind Shell Memories 2023. I got it's a a piece that's uh, 213 centimetres by 152. It's quite large. It's a double-sided suspended cyanotype. Previous cyanotypes works that I've made have just been one-sided where they've um, sort of been installed against the wall, but I wanted to explore doing something um, different with the cyanotype. And I was thinking about shells and the layers of our sand island, um, our middens, and I thought about exploring ways of creating a double-sided cyanotype. So this work can be viewed on both sides. One of the sides of the cyanotype is made up of patched work, smaller cyanotypes, and that's about the layers of the midden. And then on the other side of the cyanotype, it's one large-scale work, which is about the surface of our sand island and um, gathering shellfish and weaving with our gulai um, on Kondamusi country. Now, for a layperson like myself, what's a cyanotype? So a cyanotype is um, it's a sun print. It's where you use um, a material that has like a photographic emulsion applied to that material and you place that in the sun and then um, the sun exposes um, whatever object or um, picture or any any sort of three-dimensional or two-dimensional element um, onto that fabric and the sun will um, expose the shape of that form into a blue and white beautiful image. But it's also said that your artwork is not just about uh, what you're describing here. It goes much deeper into digging into memories and uh, actually meanings and uh, the relationship with uh, your country, which is a saltwater country. 
Yeah, so I guess as an artist and a mother now, um, the way that I work has changed a little bit. I'm kind of seeing the world through my son's eyes and how he interacts with country and how he is taking everything in and feeling pieces of home and connecting with the land. And so with this work, I was thinking about shells because he loves shells and he loves carrying them. And then I was thinking about how I grew up with shells um, and all these memories that I have of walking um, and growing up beside shells all in my grandma's garden and on my grandma's tables and at my parents' house. We have shells decorating um, in bowls on the tables and in the gardens. And we all wear shell um, adornments. And then when we have um, oysters, when it's oyster season, we still have that ritual of creating middens in our garden. And, yeah, I was thinking about there was this area where we would always go when we were younger that has a has a midden there, which is over recorded to being over 20,000 years old. So growing up around these beautiful um, shellfish from our Kwandamuka country and then seeing the way that my son um, Ira is connecting with these shells today really inspired me to make this work. It was really beautiful because I was able to um, work on the piece in my son Ira's presence, so with him around me and um, sit there and work together on it. Um, which has been really amazing and um, and it was really great to be able to sort of piece it all together and, and think about like the layers and the seasons of time and how the sands shift over on our sand islands and when the waters come in and bring these shells in with the tides as well. Just that presence of shells always being around us here. I just really wanted to create a piece that celebrated these beautiful memories in my life and um, the shells in our environment today. So shells uh, are not just about decoration or cultural practices, they're also a sustainable source of food. Yeah, yeah, so um, over here I'm on on Minjiraba right now, so some of the main food sources here are our um, yuguris, which um, people may know as pipis, um, and quampi shells and oysters. So on the island here, we've got both a, um, a bayside um, with mangroves and then on the other side of the island is the surf and the ocean where the yuguris, the pippi shells are. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, these were really, really important food sources for our Kwandamooka people. Yeah, shells are used by families to wear them uh, for uh, your bodies, treasure them in the environment, and then return them to the land and sea country. Now, you just mentioned earlier that uh, yeah, your artwork is also informed now by uh, a significant event in your life, being a mother and looking after a young boy. But also in your art practice, uh, previously it was said that you work really very closely with your mother and uh, other women in your community. So you celebrate matric normally in your artwork. Yeah, yes. I come from a long, strong line of matriarch and, yeah, work a lot with my mom and my sister. And, yeah, I'm really excited 
about having my son Ira be able to um, be a part of the next generation too. Is he an artist already or too young to be? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's an artist, he's a musician, <laughs> he's everything already. Yeah. Okay. Kick a ball every now and then. and uh, yeah. yeah, I'm really excited for us to all travel up to Darwin for the Nazi exhibition and the Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair. Um, and yeah. Let him see the world up there and yeah. meet all the other artists. Yeah, or be a part of it. Yeah. Now, before I let you go, any closing words or something you'd like to add to the conversation? This is my third time being a Nazi finalist. So I'm really excited to be able to be a part of this wonderful exhibition that um, brings all of us artists from all over the country together um, and really excited to travel up and see um, everyone and see old friends and make new friends it's a it's a really great experience and um, I'm really excited Elisa thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us on NITV radio about thank your, you about your thanks artwork. so much join the conversation on radio online and mobile you're with NITV radio on radio, online and mobile. You're with NITV Radio. And that track was by Xhaka with their track Break It Down. I was lucky enough to chat to Jeff Fabilla, one of the band members of Xhaka, about their recent nomination for New Talent of the Year at this year's National Indigenous Music Awards. Jeff also chats to NITV Radio about their musical inspirations and what's next for the group. Thanks so much for joining me today on NITV Radio. No worries. Thanks for having me. Firstly, I understand that two of you are brothers. How did you get together as an actual band, and how long have you guys been performing together? Um, well, uh, I guess um, music in our family, like Dad's a musician, um, Jupru um, is his, his name, and uh, we've always been around performing uh, since we were young. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've kind of started out uh with my brother and i um it was kind of my um my idea to start doing it my my original idea was to us to do a solo act um but at the same time as i was developing my um that that act um i was um you know hearing my brother starting to rap and he was getting pretty good so um yeah just just made sense to add him um add him in because he was interested and uh yeah it was yeah couldn't imagine it without him, to be honest. <laughs> and how would you describe the sound of your band? Um, that's one we've been trying to uh, trying to answer ourselves. Um, we're very 
a lot of the music we play is, is all high energy, but we jump from genres from hip hop, uh, electronic, reggae. Um, we kind of are a fusion of all of them. Um, with the primary instrument being the didgeridoo, the slide didgeridoo. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I guess I guess we fall under the category of didgtronica, which um, <laughs> I guess covers all of it. So electronic mixed with didge, and the, yeah, awesome. the way we've been using didgeridoo, just we we're not we're not banged down to one genre at at the moment, um, which which is fun, keeps it fun for us. Yeah, and where did your band name come from? Is there a story behind that? Yeah, so um, our mob is Jabba Jabba. Um, we've born and bred in Brisbane, Mianjin, but um, yeah, we found our um, our lines go back to just north of Broome. And um, yeah, when Dad our Dad went there, um, he got given a skin skin name by an old uncle there, um, which was Juparula. Um, his yeah name is Juparu. He's shortened. And uh, it's uh, part of a kin naming system over there. So all the men and the women um, of each generation, uh, depending on where you are and who your family is, um, falls under. You, you get a specific skin name. Um, and uh, Jakamara uh, is the next one in line from underneath Jupurula. So Jupurula's sons and nephews are all Jakamaras. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jaka is just a shortened version. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was uh, everyone over there. Um, as, uh, yeah, there's different kin naming systems, um, but uh, yeah, in the Kimberley area, that that one was ours. Yeah, nice. And now you guys have been nominated for New Talent of the Year at this year's Nemers. Congratulations! That's super exciting. How are you feeling about it? Um, yeah, honestly, just so I think initially shocked. Um, still, still shocked. Like it's such an honour. Um, you know, to even just be nominated and recognised um, as a finalist, um, even considered as a finalist, is a massive win for us. Because, and the reason being is, at the moment, um, over the last few years, just the amount of you know First Nations uh, Indigenous acts that that are just making a name for themselves with what they do. We're just honoured to be part of you know one band of you know many artists getting recognised and. Um, yeah, it's yeah. I, I don't know. We, we're still trying to get our heads around it because it's like, yeah, we didn't expect it at all, and um, yeah, we're, we're, it's very special for us. Um, yeah, we're, we've kind of only just started and totally didn't expect it. So um, yeah, just, we're very happy very, to be included as a as a nomination or a finalist. So yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations! And have you been to the Nemas before? No, we haven't. No, no. We're um, I, I actually haven't been to Darwin. Uh, I think I might have gone when I was younger. Um, yeah, would would love to one day get back there. But um, yeah, ha- haven't been there before. But I know uh, a few of the acts performing there as well. It's going to be an amazing night by the looks of it. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to? Are there any artists, any acts that you're looking forward to meeting and watching perform? Yeah, I think um, uh, Dean Brady. Um, he's I know he's just released a song uh, last year. Mm. Um, I think Fred Fred Leone is also performing. Uh, Kobe D, like I haven't um, haven't seen him before, and yeah, I think yeah, I mean everyone's going to be amazing. Um, they're all just such world class acts. So um, yeah, I think it'll be awesome to see all of them. To be honest. 
And can you explain um, a little bit more about your musical influences, like when it comes to writing and making music? Yeah, it's um, very much... Um, Jucko is very much a team team effort. Um, we've got three of us in the band, uh, and we all have... You know, one of them's my brother, so we have similar influences, uh, mainly with hip-hop and... Uh, we being, being sons of a musician, we've kind of been exposed to a whole lot of different music growing up, um, specifically for our live act, Cat Empire, um, Catch a Fire. Like those, those have been huge influences as to what energy we want to bring on stage. Um, but in terms of writing the music, it's always collaborative. Um, Felix, uh, the guitarist, he's got a whole, you know, he's, he's in, uh, some indie rock, uh, sort of alt rock bands here in Brisbane as well. So um, he brings all of his different flavors to us. And uh, yeah, we kind of, one of us might start with an idea and then the rest of us will kind of, you know, help grow that idea. And uh, that's, yeah, we don't really have one process of writing. It just kind of is a lot of feeling, feeling out, which I think um, we've gotten good at perfecting slowly. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's always fun writing music. Uh, are there any solo artists or bands that you'd love to collab with? Um, yeah, uh, JK47. Uh, always been a massive fan of his music. Uh, honestly, a lot of the other First Nations uh, artists that are doing so well at the moment, like, yeah, it'd be awesome to collab with them. Uh, but yeah, JK47 sticks out. He's, uh, the stuff he's doing is pretty amazing at the moment. And what's coming up next for you guys? Are there any tours or new music in the pipeline that you can fill us in on? I can, yeah. This is, um, yeah, she, in, in a few weeks we're, we're going to be going on tour down to, uh, we've got Newcastle, uh, Coffs Harbour, and then we're back in Brisbane um, for Big Sound. Mm-hmm. And then not long after Big Sound we're going to do a launch. Uh, we've got two songs coming out. Um, in the next few weeks, which we're, um, we've been working on for a while. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited to release them. So, Yeah, awesome. Well, all the best for your nomination, New Talent of the Year at this year's NEMAs. As you mentioned, there's amazing performances and other um, artists attending. So all the best with it. And thank you so much for chatting to me on NITV Radio. No worries. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. And the 2023 NEMAs will air on NITV on Sunday evening at 7.30pm. We'll be back with more after the break. You're listening to NITV Radio. NITV Radio, on radio, online and mobile. Welcome back. You're listening to NITV Radio. The 2023 edition of the Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair is underway and boasts a stellar lineup of First Nations artists from art centres across the country. NITV Radio chats to Shiloh McNamee, Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair Artistic Director, who explains how after the, t- the success of 2022 presenting the fair as a hybrid event, it has returned this year in both a digital format and as a large-scale exhibition at the Darwin Convention Centre. NITV Radio's Birchin Tungandami has more. I'm joined by Shiloh McNamee, Artistic Director of the Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair 2023, to explore the event that's currently underway in Darwin on Larakia Country. Welcome to NITV Radio, Shiloh. 
Thank you so much for having me um, on the show today. Generally, the fair features uh, a lot of uh, participants, including mainly uh, Aboriginal art centres. What can you tell us about uh, the participation of art centres and other participants uh, for the 2023 edition of the Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair? We are so excited to be back here, you know, with a physical event back on Larrakee Country. Um, we've got 75 art centres who will be joining us today and they come from around the country and the Torres Strait, of course. Um, so it's just such a wonderful celebration and it's so good that um, everyone can be back together again and see old friends and, um, yeah, have a really nice uh, time this weekend. Now, many commentators uh, have dubbed uh, this uh, year's uh, Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair as the biggest ever. And actually, when preparing for this conversation, I looked at uh, some of the most popular events, including the NIFAs. All of them were sold out uh, even before the fair started. Yeah, yeah. So um, the uh, fashion show and the NIFA, they they all sold out. But then, of course, the, uh, to the art fair, we've got our public program items that are... Um, the masterclasses, and they are a ticketed event. But, um, yeah, they've uh, mostly sold out, and we're really excited about this year's artists who will be presenting. Um, we've got a new program as well. It's our Storylines, Artist Talks and Demonstrations, um, which will be on every day, and that's for free, which is something lovely that you can come and watch and have a listen to and really just watch artists work and see how they, how they create. As we speak, the uh, NIFAs, the National Indigenous Fashion uh, Awards, uh, have already taken place. I gather they took place already last night, uh, and this is one of the most anticipated events. What can you tell us about uh, this year's uh, NIFAs? So last night was uh, an incredible event. There was um, highly anticipated. We, you know, um, it sold out in advance, of course, and you know, um, it was amazing to see the winners. Everyone was very uh, emotional and teary-eyed and it was just such a, a lovely outcome um, and great recognition for those artists. Now, in the last few years, uh, the Darwin Aboriginal Art Festival has been a hybrid event with an in-person and an online uh, presence. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, the online uh, or the, 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 the event this year? It's still uh, in-person and online as well? That's something we're really proud of because, um, you know, it it was born of necessity out of COVID. We went online, of course, and to, you know, keep running a fair and um, delivering that important income to our art centres. Um, but then, you know, it's in the last two years, we've really developed that and made sure that, um, you know, that uh, opportunity continued because it's a really great way to reach international audiences as well and we've seen that a lot of international engagement and um, you know that's only possible through the online affair so we've continued that this year we've got our hybrid event and a lot of the art centres are doing both the physical fair and the online fair which is amazing Yeah and uh, the Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair 2023 features uh, uh daily artist performances, uh, story lineup and studio mics and all that. Quite a stellar lineup of events. Yeah, it's, you know, um, again, it, we've been really fortunate to have our brand new um, general manager on board who has a really strong events management background. Um, and she has been um, a great one for, um, she's activated a lot of new spaces and just really, you know, done her research. So, um, you know, we've worked together to build um spaces that are, are warm and opening all around the fair. So we've got a lovely new 
outdoor area with food carts and donuts as well. Wow. <laughs> and um, also our, yeah, our artist talks and demonstrations, um, which is the Storylines Project, you know, that's just going to be running um, for the three days of the fair from 11 uh, to 1 o'clock. And, you know, people can just sit and eat and enjoy and just, you know, watch artists work and, and learn a bit about their practice. So lots for all ages. So the fair started a couple of days ago and uh, actually closes uh, this coming Sunday, August uh, 13. Yeah, so the fair will close Sunday, um, 4 p.m. But I'd I do encourage people, if they're thinking of um, which days they should visit, you know, every day is going to be different. Um, there's something to see each day. And, you know, for, uh, the Sunday is, you know, even though it's the last day, we've still got um, a lot of great things happening. And, of course, the art centres will be changing their artworks and displays daily. So, um, yeah, if you're in town, you know, make sure you pop in and visit each day. And where can people find more information about uh, the 2023 Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair? So if um, you want to have a look at what we're doing, you can go to our Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair Foundation website, www.daaf.com.au. Also, you know, you have a look on social media. We've got a great social media presence on Instagram and on Facebook. So you'll be able to see what's happening and, um, yeah, any highlights that you might be interested in. Shiloh McNamee, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today about uh, the 2023 edition of the Darwin Aboriginal Art Fair. All right, thank you so much for inviting me. Visit sbs.com.au slash NITV radio. Your community, your conversation. NITV radio. And that's all we have time for on today's program. You can listen back to the show anytime online or catch any of our stories on our website at sbs.com.au. And you can also find us on Facebook. NITV Radio will be back on Monday, Wednesday and Friday next week, 1 till 2 p.m. with more stories from right across the country. Today, we leave you with a track by Baker Boy. I'm your host, Lawana Grant, Mundungor. Have a great weekend. Music is the middle